We observe today not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Human Zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Stand to attention when I'm talking to you! On Talk Radio. Yes, Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here at Talk Radio. It is, of course, the last day of October and the nights are definitely drawing in. After the budget giveaway this week, it's time to get ready for more handouts tonight when the trick-or-treaters turn up for Halloween. But will you give more treats to the girls than the boys? Because that's what's happening in our schools and in the workplace. Last week, we talked about women now being able to apply to work in the SAS. Dawn Neeson caused quite a stir with her views on that. Now we're being told that feminism and the positive discrimination directed at women is actually helping boys too. Yeah, apparently they're becoming more ambitious. I'm not sure I'm buying it though. 03444991000. Dawn is back today and it's not her birthday, contrary to what was said on Twitter, but she will be giving us her view of the Donald Trump migration caravan and she'll be telling us what's in her Daily Star column today as well. Plus, we'll be asking why NHS staff are still being targeted by violent patients while they're actually doing their jobs. 03444 499-1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Dawn Neeson on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Very happy Halloween to you, Dawn. Welcome. Happy Halloween, Mike. We put a very funny picture out, I have to say. You persuaded me to wear a pair of red... Just sort one of sexy little on, devil. ...stick-on horns for yeah. the purposes of a, of a, of a promotional photograph, yes. uh, which has been put out on Twitter. Uh, I have, however, taken them off for the purposes of the well, show. because you can't get your... Because I couldn't get my headphones on. But I have still got my little bat thing on. You've got on, your bat thing on. And I've managed it. You've managed it because, of course, you're a woman. Of course. And therefore more dexterous could, than yeah, me. We can multitask. You can multitask yeah. and you can still look good while doing it. You've also put a plastic spider on the top of your microphone. microphone. Look, that's why people think it's my birthday today because I love Halloween. Yes. Absolutely love Halloween. that was a joke made by what can only loosely describe uh, B as as our uh, sort of showbiz speciality person (laughs) uh, who sits in the uh, outside the studio there and books guests for us. I didn't get the joke so I thought it actually was your birthday. I got the joke but we have that sort of relationship. It's not that funny though, is it? Not really. Anyway, now listen, here's the deal. Last week we had a very heated discussion and a wonderful debate about women versus men, whether women could do the job of an essay Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah, I remember. You were very much on the side of of all women women can do all men's jobs, and that's fine. Uh, Today we're being told by a study in the LSE, uh, London School of Economics, that basically the new feminism and the new kind of promotion of women into all sorts of roles, because also the study says that below 40 there is now no gender pay gap, gap, which is fine. I don't see any reason why a woman should be paid less than a man for doing the same job. However, there is no doubt in my mind that now women have been over-promoted to the detriment of young men, and particularly young white women, working class boys who are going to school, coming out with fewer qualifications, finding it harder and harder to get decent jobs because they are sort of bottom of the queue, effectively. I, I think you've got a point, and yeah. I think we do need to concentrate on this, but I think if the rise of feminine feminism, I can't even say the word this morning, has encouraged young lads yeah. to work harder and to try harder and take education more seriously, then that is a good thing. Well, it is on the face of it, but I'm yeah. not sure that the, the, the figures are going to eke out the truth here. Let's talk to Martin Daubney, uh, who is, of course, a man uh, who talks a lot uh, on behalf of men and on behalf of, of the, the sort of the downtrodden sex, if you like, because I think a lot of men feel that they are. They can't say what they want to say. They can't do what they want to do. Women can do anything they like, I think. Martin, a very good morning to you. Yeah, hi guys. I'm a huge fan of the show. How are we doing? Yeah, hi, Martin. Well, very well Thanks. indeed. Now, I'm not sure I'm buying yet this uh, study from the LSE, which says that boys are becoming more ambitious. Are you seeing any sign of that? 
Yeah, do you know what? I've been here for a long time, sort of inside corporations around the UK. And that's what, this feminist um, issue, by the way, it is one of the kind of upper echelons, the, the, the privileged, the middle class. You don't hear much talk about feminism down coal mines or on the bin lorries or amongst the, sweets, uh, the street sweeps of the UK. This is um, a debate amongst the already privileged. But I have been here for a long time. But men are saying, you know, you reach your 40s, you kind of feel that you, your career is plateauing out because there is absolutely a trend um, for companies not to appear sexist and to not appear sexist. Um, it's a good idea to offer an appointment to a woman of similar ability. Mm. And so I have been hearing for a long time that, you know, the old adage back in the 1950s, if you're a boxer going to America, you have to knock the guy out dead to win the fight. Yes. I think I'm hearing the same thing from, from men now saying, if I want to get promoted, I've got to really up my game. I've got to tool up. I've got to, I've got to really get on with this. And I think that's good. Um, that's good for workplaces. It's good for competition. If, if more competition is introduced um, via the form of more women or more men or just anybody else at all, that it would make sense to up your game. Um, as far as you know, where this works out in, a, in the different sectors, we are definitely seeing that the more free a society is, as in the more equity, the more the, the kind of benefits net, the more the ability of partners to earn more, that given the free choice, men do tend to choose um, men's jobs, in inverted qu quotes there. So if you look at Norway, the country with the most equality on the entire planet, you have the most men doing engineering and working on the oil rigs and the most women working in, in teaching and nursing anywhere on the planet. When you introduce inequality through um, systematic oppression, uh, maybe the Muslim faith there, I say, in Turkey, the Yemen, we actually see the highest proportion of female engineers on the planet because they want to take control of their destiny and earn money while they can so they're not dependent on husbands. So we have a paradox. A paradox of the more free a society, the more we choose to do the jobs that the equality people would have us believe is the precise opposite of where we should be going. And we can spend billions and billions of pounds or euros or dollars trying to get men to do teaching and nursing jobs, for example, and trying to encourage women into STEM science. They did that for decades in Norway, and they realised that they were just throwing good money after bad because when it comes down to it, men just like to do things that men like to do and vice versa. I don't, I don't see a problem with that at all. Surely whatever job you want to do, whatever sex you are, you should be able to go and do that, that job. Precisely. I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement. And, and here we have the paradigm, the paradox, because um, if equality is just about choice, then who are we as a society to hector people into making different choices if they don't want to. And that, that's my thing. And when you said at the start there, Mike, about education, you're absolutely dead right. And um, coming very soon, I'm hoping to make an announcement about um, a cross-party action group on working-class boys' education because they are the bottom of the stack. Um, it's an inequality that we hear very few people talking mm. about. So thanks for raising mm. that. Cheers, yeah. mate. And they sort of talk, and, and and they're kind of getting left behind, aren't they? Because it's almost as though you know when you were talking about sort of the social engineering that goes on in various different societies, and there's a bit of that going on in Britain today. I think you know they're looking at the girls in the classroom uh, and and sort of trying to encourage them to be more ambitious, perhaps than their, maybe their to mothers were. To be able were, to do whatever they uh, want, to be able yeah. to do whatever they want. But they're not saying that to the boys. They're kind of ignoring them. I think what we see is um, a, a landscape of equality that's viewed through the prism of the men at the top. 
So when we look at you know, um, the numbers of men in boardrooms, the numbers of men in parliaments, mm. the numbers of men who rule the world, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tantalising and tempting conclusion to draw that men hold all the power. Um, of course, the men at the bottom would love the power of those men at the top too. This is not just you know, women who are looking enviously at these coveted positions. It's everybody down the pyramid. And when we look at the reality, um, certainly in terms of education, the, those at the bottom of the stack, from reception, uh, when they first uh, are starting school, unable to read, um, boys never catch up. And we have a state at the moment where white working class lads are outperformed at GCSE by kids from abroad. You know, second second language EU citizens, for example, and certainly black Caribbean boys and Chinese boys. And we're about to see the highest achieving um, group of all in the UK are Chinese British mm. who have an amazing work ethic and full credit to them. So what I want to know is what could we learn from those groups and, and, and downstream it to those at the bottom. But you see, we, we're, we're unable to do anything about that because we are frozen in the headlights of this equality debate, which kind of it kind of endlessly tells us that men are privileged and they, they are born lucky because they are born with a willy and they are born white. That's another thing. But the reality is not quite like that. No, it's, so it's certainly not. Level. I mean, The Sun's got a piece this morning, Martin, I don't know if you've seen it, about the building trade and how people, yeah. young men in the building trade, are actually more likely to commit suicide uh, than young men in almost any other walk of life. You know, these are work, yeah. young working-class guys who have come through school, have got themselves into a pretty good-paying job and a pretty physical yeah. job, but, you know, they're, they're very unhappy. Yeah, and I see that a lot. I'm doing a thing at the moment um, called called Harry. Um, it's an AI-driven piece of listening software, mm. um, and it's talking to men about what makes them happy and what makes them fulfilled. And I've um, got loads of scaffolders and decorators and plumbers and builders who've been plugging into this thing. And it really is amazing. You know, they are three times more likely than all men who are already three times more likely than women to take their own lives. And we hear so much about... Uh, the economic fragility of, of where they are. And we must here, I'm afraid, mention the B word, Brexit, because downward pressure on their trades through mass immigration um, all those years back. So a lot of these guys um, seeing their wages slash the same in haulage, you know, truck drivers, by the way, uh, they are then faced with um, physical you know, um, degradation, because, of course, these are hard jobs mm. where your body wears out. You're constantly being nibbled away at by younger lads. Um, you're often isolated. You work on your own, and it's tough. But, you know, we, we don't, again, I think we are tone deaf to, to, their, to their plight because we're so focused on people like Donald Trump. Martin, can I just get this right? I, I totally agree with you with the B word, by the way, and in particular the mm. building trades. And I've written columns about it in my newspaper, in the newspaper as well. But I'm just a bit yeah. curious. You said that sort of like, you know, working class white lads in schools yeah. don't do as well as they should because of equality? Well, I think it's because of many reasons. First of all, uh, it's parental disengagement. So I, I go into schools a lot on estates where I just hear from parents, oh, you know, education isn't for people like us. And so there's, there's a, a parental um, issue there. You do, yeah, you but young working class girls will have that attitude from the same parents, surely. Yeah, but the girls do better than the boys in any given circumstance. No, that's, that's not the girls' fault, is it? I mean, no, the, the boys just... are being brought up in the same environment yeah. by the same people. No, but I think the point about that is that the, the girls are being encouraged more because the perception is that the girls have not done so well in the past. However, because they've now caught up, that should not necessarily I happen. I don't think that's true. Well, I, I, I think, think, I think children, exactly I think ch younger children today are being encouraged equally in schools. No, I don't think so. No, OK, so if you go into schools, uh, one thing you see straight away, and this is back to our initial conversation, is the absence 
percent of men teaching in schools. So we're looking at about 10 percent male teachers, and that's declining year on year. And we don't know what to do about that. And certainly, when you look at the most um, damaged boys, my mum used to work with boys on the edge of the Borsal system in Nottinghamshire. She was a family liaison officer. You see often absent fathers, dads in jails. And so we have a lack of male role models who are kind of bringing these more difficult kids into line. You move into school, there are no male teachers there. And we've seen some amazing work at a school at Westington, Milton Keynes, where they got um, a bunch of quite geezery teachers in who play football, but they're also great at maths. And they're sitting down and reading with these boys who are aged 11, and they've never seen a man read to them in their lives. Which is you know, shocking. It, I mean, it is shocking. I, I totally agree. But I I'm a bit wary that we are laying the blame that men aren't becoming teachers, men aren't encouraging their sons at the at the defeat of equality in women. This isn't anything no, to do with equality no. of women. This is everything to do with men and how they're bringing their sons up. Well, it's also to do with choice. I mean, we, we live in a society where men aren't choosing to be teachers. They're not choosing to be nurses. And these are deeply ingrained um, kind of mental attitudes. And perhaps we can never change them. As I, as I said, in, in Norway, when you give them more choice, they tend to do as mm-hmm. they're ex- not expected. So I don't think anyone's blaming equality. Uh, what I am saying, however, is that if we are able to be gender blind and colour blind to those who are the neediest, and in this case, they happen to be white working class lads, then why can't we have in, an investigation and to do some deep thinking, get some great brains involved and come up with solutions that are targeted to specific problems? Mm. And that's where equality does come into this, I'm afraid, because we are frozen, as I said, we're gridlocked in this conversation that we are unable to help these people because they're white and they're male. And that goes against the equality script. That is a thing. I've seen it eye to eye in Parliament. I've been in committee rooms. I've sat down with members of Parliament. They say, yeah, yeah, we hear what you're saying, Martin, but... Yeah, if, if we, if we but said, it's also, it's also Martin, don't you think it's not so much, it's not the equality that's causing the problem or the quest for equality, which is obviously a good thing to have. It's the kind mm. of overarching attitude towards the male of the species right now in this country and around the world. You know, the whole Me Too uh, debate which is going on where all men basically are potential rapists, all men are potentially violent, all men uh, are potentially bad people mm. uh, who treat women bad. You know, it's, it's, the whole, it's the whole kind of image which men are giving to young boys uh, which they're seeing on television, they're seeing on the internet, they're seeing uh, in every magazine they pick up. You know, it's maybe yeah. it's maybe better than it was when women were being objectified in magazines and all of that. However, it's just as bad in the opposite direction. I think here, you know, we have to point a finger to the media, uh, which we are all a part of. Yeah. And that is, you know, that the landscape that we are kind of imbibed in, you know, the kind of we are immersed in, in a culture of um, a feeling of female oppression, uh, the patriarchy, men are the oppressors. And this is a very kind of omnipresent. It's, it's every day. It's, it's a, a barrage of information affirming this. And we are, yeah, we are taking the worst of men, you know, despicable men like Harvey Weinstein mm. and somehow fanning this out. Mm. Um, to say that this is um, it's intrinsic in all men if we only let them have a chance yes. to be bad. And I hear this in schools. You know, one of my other jobs, I talk about um, pornography in schools and keeping kids safe around online content. And I have a lot of conversations with very concerned mothers of teenage lads mm. who just say that their boys are kind of retreating because they, they feel that they're responsible for this horrible thing, that, that they don't have anything to actually do with themselves, right. but because they're men, maybe they're part of this problem. And they're retreating away, and I think that that's that's sad, you know. And we're, 
if we're losing these boys, then I think we're doing society a disservice. I think that's not... sad and I think it's scary because uh, we are creating but, mm, more Weinsteins with this are. attitude. And I think the hashtag Me Too thing has gone way, way too far. Yeah. And I, I hate the fact now that any woman can say whatever she wants about a man mm. and it's taken as gospel. Right. And vice versa is wrong. And I, I hate the fact that, as Martin said, we are bringing up a generation of boys that are being taught to feel bad about themselves. And they do. And mm. to dislike women for implying that they are bad. Because yeah. most women yeah. don't think I like don't that. Think, I don't think they dislike women for it. I think they're just very I think they're wary of how you behave now. And they are, and they're drifting. As yeah. Martin says, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of aimless, And I think it's like. dangerous for the future of both sexes. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I mean, Dawn, yeah, you're speaking, music's my ears here, because, you know, this is something that, that is not, you know, men versus women. I get called all the time, oh, you're, you're a sexist. It's like, wow, you know, caring about boys isn't, isn't sort of at the detriment of girls. I care about no, girls. Exactly. I've, got, I've, got, I've got a son and I've got a daughter. I want the best of both of them. And right now, I think the life chances of my, of my daughter, who's four, are better than my boy, who's nine. Because I just think, I think society is more receptive to, to the desires and the needs and the demands of young girls than it is to boys, who are, I believe, um, paying the price for the perception that historically men have been the oppressors and women the downtrodden. And today's boys are paying the price for their forefathers. I think provided you bring your two children up exactly the same, Martin, to believe they can go and do whatever they want and they have those equalities, then that is the way we have to all go forward, we male do. and yeah. female. Listen, and if, and if the LSE study is right, then maybe that's the beginning of Hopefully. the, sort of the, uh, the comeback. But we've like. got to stop all this hashtag yeah. me too thing, having yeah. to go at men the whole time. It let, makes me really to, uncomfortable. You have to let young boys be proud of what they're going to become. Yeah, of course. And I think that's what we've lost. The same the as young Martin. girls, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. There is absolutely feeling that, that girls can reach for the stars, literally. They can become astronauts. They can do anything they want. And that, by the way, I absolutely support with every fibre of my body. Of course. So I think we've, I think we've taken our eye off boys. I think, I, I hope it's just because we've been focused on girls. It's not something more sinister. Um, but I, I do believe that we have to keep talking about it. So thanks for getting me on because the figures don't lie. You know, the boys are at the bottom and they just need help. And let's, let's help them and reach out as we would if they were girls or if they were black or whatever. Yeah. This, this isn't about uh, putting people into boxes and dismissing them. It's about helping the neediest. No, absolutely, absolutely. right. Martin, Thanks, brilliant. Martin. Thank you so much for joining us. Martin Daubney there, uh, former editor uh, of Magazine. I think Martin does a great job with what he's doing, by he the does. way. And we often have Twitter conversations mm. and we meet on various TV shows. And I think he does a fantastic yeah. job with what he's doing, promoting sort of like especially working class young lads. He's right. He gets called a sex all the time you know, as, but he's as, not as, he's not as, sexist as, as all men do and no. the point is is that you're talking about equality and we've heard that word plenty this morning yeah. it's not the, the society's not equal by the way you know there is no equality there never has been any equality and yes it's right to say that women for a long time were the downtrodden sex and that they were discriminated against and they didn't get the right jobs and they didn't get paid enough money that's not happening anymore it's gone the other way and what we need to do is find the balance where the pendulum comes back to the middle instead of swinging from one side to we, the other we should stop putting people in boxes is full stop. Yeah. I mean, you know, you and I are working together in the studio yeah. perfectly equally. Some people are happy about that. Apart from the fact that. it's called your show. Some uh-huh. people are not. Yeah, well, it's the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know, this has been an existence. Well, I might have issues with that, actually. Well, you, you can have actually. as many issues as you like with that, but this has been an independent republic which was invented in Edinburgh in 2006. Just because, now, it's, I've been just it, because it worked then. I've been then. running it. No, I've been Doesn't running it. Doesn't mean it works now, Mike Graham. 11 and 12 years. Mm. If you want to come in and try and throw me out of it, then good luck with it that, sweetheart. It could be a feminist coup. I tell you what, it's not happening. 
Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A dreaded sunny day, so I meet you at the cemetery gates. Keats and Yates are on your side. Wild, wild is on mine. So we go inside and we gravely read the stones. If you're listening to Talk Radio online, did you know you can also listen on DAB Digital Radio? Radio is growing and more people than ever across the UK can now receive DAB radio stations with new transmission areas being added all the time. So press the auto-tune or auto-scan button on your DAB digital radio now to make sure you don't miss out. For more details, go to talkradio.co.uk forward slash retune uh, because it sounds much better as well on a, on a DAB yeah, radio. Yeah, you don't want to be missing this. You don't want to be missing this at missing all. This you don't want to all. miss a second of it. No. Uh, 0344-499-1000 is the number. You can tweet us at Talk Radio, at Dawn Neeson, at IROMG. Let's talk to Paddy in Suffolk. Hi, Paddy. Yeah, good morning, Hi, Mike. Hi, Paddy. Morning, Dawn. What, I, what I, you got I, for us? Well, I li- normally I like to phone into your show and keep it edgy. Yes. To a certain degree. Because we're a bit, we're a bit rubbish at that, Paddy, Yeah, we're we? not edgy at all, though. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, I don't want you to get the sack, so sometimes... Well, but, do you know, it does happen from time to time. Yeah, well, I know there's been some people have you know, fallen by the wayside on your, on, on your station. Yes, well, that happens. Yeah, so... Your your guest took a lot of my points. Actually, he he said what I was going to say okay. mostly. All right. However, I think uh, this has all been planned to happen. When you say this, which this do you mean? Uh, it, the uh, the migrants to arrive at the border. Oh, I see, mate. Well, yeah. apparently it's organised by some groups who are into doing this kind of thing. Yes, of course. I mean, these migrants have very low wages, and they've got to travel at least 1,500 miles from Central America. They just haven't got the wave at all to do that. It's been paid for. The Democrats want the optics of the troops grabbing these people, beating whatever. That's why. That's the, the whole point of it. Well, I think what we've heard, Paddy, from Michael Graham, who's over in the States, was that, yes, there are many uh, people who are in this organisation coming up from Central America who have been deported maybe more than once from mm. the United States. They're very determined people. Mm. Uh, yes, it's organised to the extent that I think they're having, they're having transport supplied to them and probably food supplied yes. for them as well. Um, but they clearly think that there's more chance of them all getting in if they go in a big number than, uh, than if they don't. And these are all people, don't forget, Paddy, who want to live in the, new, in the USA. Well, yes, and they're all mostly men of fighting age. Well, uh, I don't know if you can I'm say not that. I'm sure this yeah. lot are Paddy, you to be honest see, with you. You can see um, some young men in the groups. You can also see families. But there's quite a few see, families in this one. I was watching it on TV last night. There's quite a lot of kids and families yeah. and stuff. I guarantee you the likes of CNN will have the families. They'll feature those. Do you ever go through any day of your life, Paddy, without having some conspiracy theory running <laughs> around your head? <laughs> hey? Do you ever, 
every Mike, single I... time you ring me, you've got some mad YouTube-inspired conspiracy no, no, no. theory. Mike, Please I, don't I slag off CNN, because CNN is a perfectly good news network. Just because your mate Trump doesn't like it does not mean that it is not worth listening to, OK? On the other hand, you are not worth listening to. So I'm going to say cheerio. Paddy in Suffolk. Uh, a man who's got more tin foil hats than I've had hot dinners, I can tell you. Uh, let's squeeze in one more call. Stephen's in Coventry. Hello, Stephen. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, Hi, very uh... well. What do you want to say, Stephen? It's funny you're talking about Fox News um, a little little while ago. Yeah. Because when your American friend rang in, I actually thought I was tuned into a segment on Fox News. Oh, did you? Do yeah. you watch Fox News a lot, do you, Stephen? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, yeah you've got, got to keep an eye on both sides of the All right. argument, haven't yeah. you? Well, if you say so. <laughs> you don't live in America. Well, uh, Why do you watch Fox News? Well, they're a big influence on everyone, aren't they? What do you think? Not me, because I don't not watch America. it. Yeah, well, not me either. I live in Britain, so... Well, not, 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 not Fox directly, but America in a whole is a big influence on everyone. Well, I don't know about but, that. Anyway, you're, you're, you're basically equating the left, far left and the far right to be essentially two sides of a, this, an argument that they're equal. Well, they when probably are. Got, they're they're, the, they're separate the sides of the right same coin, that's for sure. Or two post, cheeks of the same backside, as yeah. George Galloway would say. Well, yeah. Well, you've got, you've got the far, far right sending bombs in the post and, and, and producing over 70% of the mass murders in America. And what, what the far you've left got, doing exactly. Hey? What are you talking in, about? Com- comparably. What, you, I'm you, not quite sure you, where you, you, I don't know where you're getting the far right and and the shootings from. I mean, most of the people who do the well, shootings it's, in America, it's correct. It's the, not actually the, no people. No, it's not actually people who shoot people in America are murdering scum. They're not really right wing or left wing. No. They're just like killing people. So the the synagogue shooting wasn't politically motivated. No, I don't think so. The guy was clearly a nutcase. If you look it up, if you look it up, you find it was politically motivated. Oh, will I? You think I should look yes, it up? You do will. You? Really? Yeah. Okay. And so, <laughs> what's your source for that then? Uh, the, the news. What's the, the news? Oh, the news. Go, go, oh, right. Yeah. The, the so, news. what you think the guy was a Trump-supporting man? Therefore, it was politically motivated. Any man who walks into a synagogue shouting that Jews should all be killed uh, is not motivated by politics. He's motivated by being a completely well, murdering piece of scum. What? If you go look at his social media accounts and what? It what doesn't matter what his social media accounts it. say. It does not matter, Stephen. He was an anti-Semitic, murdering piece of scum. Is yeah, that good I enough agree. for you? <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's, that's a good enough reason. He was not so, doing it on so, behalf of a political organisation, no. was he? What's the link then with over 70% of mass murders are, are linked to far right? That's rubbish. They have, they have, they have that is absolute rubbish. Views. I covered American politics, American murder trials, American shootings for 10 years, right? Probably before you were born. And most American serial killers, most murders, most mass murders are committed by people who just like killing people. It's got nothing to do with politics at all. OK, well, we'll disagree on that. Well, you don't but have to disagree. Just listen and, and learn, that, Stephen. that statistic. Well, let me so... tell you about Jeffrey Dahmer. What, what political party do you think he was in? I don't know. Do you, have you ever heard of Jeffrey Dahmer? No, I can't He murdered that. an awful lot of people in, uh, in uh, Milwaukee back in the 1980s, right? Mm. He was also a cannibal... He used to eat them after he uh, after yeah. he killed mm. them, right? He was yeah. not politically motivated, okay? Okay, well, that's cherry-picking. John Wayne Gacy. Well, I can cherry-pick all day if you like. You haven't <laughs> named one person to me apart from the synagogue shooter who you think was somehow politically motivated. Who are the others? Well, I can't remember all their names. Oh, of course you can't, no. What about the guy who shot everybody in Las... What about, what about the guy who shot everybody in Las Vegas in the car he park? He just has mental health issues. Yeah. What, like what most do you think? Well, he, do you think he was politically motivated? 
I'll just go by the statistics that are available. So over seventy percent. Yeah, but you're wrong, Stephen. You're wrong. Registered, uh, registered Republicans. <laughs> statistics can prove anything. Uh, what about the great train robbers? Who do they vote for? Pass. Thank you. Stephen in Coventry, <laughs> possibly the stupidest call of the day. Jared uh, wants to talk to us as well. He's in crew. Hello, Jared. Hello there, Michael. Hi, Hello. Jared. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, but I think if Katie was there, this would be one of my friend moments, so we'll see what Dawn says to okay. me. Uh-oh. All right. Well, get <laughs> off you go. <laughs> well, Dawn, you're always fighting battles that, for the majority of us, don't exist with this sexism and feminism. 95% of us are just getting on with life, getting on together, and it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I do, I, no, 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 that, that is my, one of my big things. I'm always writing about that in the column. I totally agree. Most of us are getting on with it, but I do well, believe that we should always be given equal opportunities. Without doubt, look, I've been in the civil service for 35 years, and 90% of my bosses were women, and they were women Good. who were the bosses because they were better and yeah. they were harder working, they were brighter. My wife has earned more than me for 30 years, and the reason for that, Dawn, she's harder working, and she's cleverer than me, and that's just the way it is. I don't have a problem with that. Why do you think no. I have a problem with that? That's All very good of you, Dawn. What do you mean you don't have a problem well, I don't know. I don't have a problem, no. but, you know, oh, it's... Oh, you've got permission to remain married, Jared, from Dawn, the <laughs> mistress of all feminism. Whether she wants to be married to you. I'll, I'll answer the question, because it's little things. Every time Mike says something or somebody comes on, and there's no sex sexism involved in it, you pile in with it. Let me give the example. Only on. one hour ago, the cemetery, the girl who went through the cemetery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You piled in on my yeah, girl. What about the girls? It was just a girl having a bit of fun no, and reminiscing over a story. But, but it's you re- No, don't. You always find... It's, true. Yeah, it's reinforcing the stereotype that little girls are always scared and little boys no, are scary. It it's not. It oh, is. It oh. was reinforcing that stereotype. I'm sorry, not having it. Like no, the t-shirt issue. No, you're wrong. No, I'm not wrong. No. She's never wrong either, Joe. She's talking with women, right? They can't take it when they're wrong. Well, I'm not getting involved in that one because I know my place. <laughs> hey, ask your wife. Okay. Well, I mean, let me give you one example last week. Now, let's see what reaction Dawn would have come up with this. So there's two, only two more points. But last week I was walking along the cab, filthy day, absolutely filthy with my dogs. And there was a lady walking with her two children, one in a buggy and with her dogs as well. The dog's doing what dogs do. He did his business on the edge of the canal. I offered to pick her up, and I said, would you be offended if I offered to pick that up and help? And she said, I would be offended. I'd rather you didn't, because I'm a feminist. Well, <laughs> that just makes her a silly move. That's, that's picking up dog poo. Let, let, let me just finish the story. The dog's <laughs> the dog agrees. Dog's, dog's agreed. <laughs> yeah, she almost fell in the canal. She lost her umbrella. She almost went in the canal. Also proved that she was a good feminist. That's feminist. just ridiculous. Now, I even look, if you want to come around and pick up my dog poo, you're more than welcome. I, I would love to. In fact, I haven't actually got a dog. I'm not going to buy one. Just, just get one delivery and take it down the canal. <laughs> <laughs> well, just do me a favour, Dawn. <laughs> Well, well, no, 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 do me, do me a favour. What, what's what, your dog's name, what's Jared? Your, yeah, the it... dog's name is Chili, and the other one is Safi. But are they boy or girl dogs? Uh, girl dogs. See, you're outnumbered by women. Yeah. Give yeah. up already. Well, Give just up. One favour. Next show you're on. Try and have a discussion with Mike that doesn't involve sex. That's, goodness. That's we like a, talking about yeah, sex. That's a great. That's a very good point. Actually, you're absolutely right, Jared. Yeah, you're obsessed with sex. And feminism. <laughs> I love the, uh, the the barking dog. I think that's fantastic. I think that's good extra sound effects. Tremendous. This is 
Independent Republican Mike Graham. Happy Halloween to all of you scary people out there. Now, what I can tell you, uh, just before uh, we, we go on to Sam Delaney, I'm going to talk to you in a second about the Metropolitan Police's new marketing campaign. Um, do you know, we were talking yesterday uh, when Daisy McAndrew was here about the uh, editor of uh, Waitrose magazine, William Sitwell, having a go at vegans and saying, you know, in an email, he maybe made we a should. joke he made about a joke. vegans he and made killing a joke. vegans. It was a joke. A joke. Well, he's just resigned. That is ridiculous. It is the most ridiculous thing I, that's I, happened I, I, Honestly, this week. It, it was a joke. It was funny. I don't eat meat. I'm not yeah. a proper vegan, but I don't eat meat. It was just a joke, a light heart comedy. And what the hell has he done resigning? Well, he's obviously been forced into it, I would imagine. Let's talk to Sam Delaney, a man that knows one or two things about the marketing business. He's the journalist and author, of course, of Get Smashed, the story of the men who made the adverts that changed our lives, and Mad Men and Bad Men, what happened when British politics met advertising. Now, Sam, uh, of course, is also a regular here at Talk Sport mm. and Talk Radio. Sam, very good morning to you. What about William Sitwell, for heaven's sake, before we I go know, anywhere I'm else? I mean, I read the I read the story. Hi, both of you. I, I read the story about him yesterday, yeah. and sort of chuckled to myself. Right. And, thought, and obviously, as we all think, well, if you know, we've all written emails in haste and in jest. Yes, that you know, you're, that are probably much worse than that. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought to myself, poor bloke, he's been scandalised. He'll probably get a, a slap on the wrist. But it's absolute madness that the poor fellas had to lose his. Incredible. Well, the next a thing, Twitter the storm about it, wasn't it? Presumably, the next thing oh, that will right. happen is that he'll get he'll get loaded off the old um, uh, the MasterChef show as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we should all be deleting our uh, sent items going back. <laughs> you know, the last two decades. Probably, yes. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm I'm having a bonfire of the of the data. I think <laughs> this afternoon. But let's talk about uh, the Met because you've all been, I'm sure, as as we've all been through JFK uh, Airport, where they've got the NYPD yep. pens and the NYPD sweatshirts. The Metropolitan Ooh. Police have decided it's a great idea, and they want to do the same thing. So, if you want to get yourself an MPS. Uh, sweatshirt or t-shirt or cap uh, go ahead and get one sir well will it succeed I can see the appeal of the NYPD uh, gear yeah. that people buy when they're over there in New York but that is grounded in two things one is New York City is regarded around the world as an inherently glamorous place yeah. so anything with NY on it you know, New York Yankees New York Mets anything with that NY on it um, sort of, you know, is an attractive brand mm. for people, mm. particularly tourists from other countries. There's a coolness about it. Does London have that to the same degree? Not sure. Uh, but then there's the police force too. The police force, the NYPD, have been portrayed for many years by the American entertainment industry um, as glamorous and sexy yeah. and cool and brilliant. Right, and and also probably more honest and decent than a lot of the matches are in real life. Yeah, right? of course. They're also they're also you know they're from our point of view and from tourist point of view they're American. Yeah, they're glamorous because they're on TV. Exactly. They carry guns. You know, they're kind of they're quite yeah. funny when you talk they, to them. You know, they roll across the bonnets of cars. Yeah, don't they? and jump through windows. And in they also have a uh, as awful as it is, you know, them themselves and the uh, fire department have a huge boost to their image post-9-11. Yeah, of course. Uh, which means people buy it in that kind of sentimental yeah. reason as well. How have the Metropolitan Police been portrayed by our own entertainment industry over the years? Well, you've got the bill, right. which, to be honest, <laughs> ah. doesn't really compare to start It's not sexy, is it? No. It's not that good, no. is it? No. Not After Sweeney sexy. was all right, though. The Sweeney, yeah, but, you know, those days are gone. 
And obviously, in an era in which William Sitwell has to quit over mocking um, <laughs> veganism, yeah. I don't think a show like The Sweeney would survive beyond the pilot. Oh, episode. gosh, no, yeah. it wouldn't. Put your trousers on, your nicks. It was always <laughs> one of my favourite lines. Yeah. But what about uh, well, what about the bodyguard? Because that was the most recent, I suppose, incarnation of uh, of the great British Bobby from the Metropolitan Police. It's true, but you know, I suppose that's true. But he wasn't a uniformed Bobby. No, no. And the un- the uniformed Bobbies in that show and others, you know, you've got to look at the uniform itself. New York cops look quite sexy. Yeah. The uniform seems to be slimmer fitting. I mean, I know a couple of police who complain nonstop about how tatty and old and ill-fitting the uniforms they're provided with um, are. And, you know, that's one of the symptoms of the fact that the police force is underfunded, which is why they're now trying everything they can to try and sort of uh, make extra money. Well, they're also now, they're kind of like walking, they're kind of like walking, um, uh, I don't know what you'd call them, sort of clothes hooks, aren't they? Because they've got all sorts of things hanging off them. You know, they've got the, the mace over here and they've got the handcuffs over there. The, they've got the high-vis vest, which isn't very sexy yeah. at the best of times. And in fact, the because so many people belt. well, so many people are wearing high-vis vests now, you don't actually know who the cops are <laughs> anymore. No, and they also there's a lot of confusion between, I mean, no one would want to be mistaken for one of those community police officers, would Certainly they? Not, no, no, definitely Certainly not. not. No. Them budget, they're budget police, the ones with no sort, you know. You well, they can't, can't do anything. You, you're more or less dressing up as a policeman to try and impress them. Yeah, I mean, if no they came up to you and said to you, Sam Delaney, you're nicked, you just tell them to get lost. You say, you can't, you, can't, you can't actually arrest me, sorry. Yeah, you've got, you've got no influence whatsoever. So all of these things, you know, contribute to uh, a, a fundamental brand problem with the Metropolitan They're not portrayed, they're portrayed in dreary terms on TV and in movies. The uniform in itself is not as stylishly designed as other police forces. And they've also diluted the sort of brand by having things like community police officers. Mm. So I am concerned about you know, whether or not this could be successful. I would like it to be, because God knows they need the money and we all want them to have more Well, money the serious well, point is... I'm it, not sure this is going to sell. It is to raise money, isn't it, Sam? That is a serious is, point yeah. of it. And I, I think, you know, you will get the occasional American tourist to buy a sort of like a little London copper teddy bear type thing, but it's really not going to yeah. raise the millions they need, is it? It's the, You know what? The most iconic thing about the London police force is the helmet, because the helmet is sort of absurd. Yes. Um, but but they've more or less done away with that. They're trying to do away they? with it, aren't they? Yeah. I think I think the yeah, city do away with that. The city of London mistake. police still wear it, don't yeah. they? Yeah. It's a big mistake to get rid of it because it's the thing people remember most. It's like the other things that, that have disappeared like, you know, phone boxes and uh, Routemaster buses and the old-fashioned post boxes. These were the things that people used to associate mm. with London and, and, and the other British cities as well. Mm. And they're kind of getting away. They're, they're losing it all. They should take a leap out of New York's book, actually, who have uh, very studiously kept all of those iconic sort of visual elements of their city in place. Yeah. Because it's part of a package, isn't it? It's how you brand the place and make it a big tourist destination mm. and world famous. And we've got rid of so many of those things here that um, it's lost a little bit of identity. But, that's, but that is, that, you're quite right. I mean, what they've done there is they continue to use those things yes. to work. I mean, like the old uh, NYPD fire engines, mm-hmm. which made an incredible noise as they go shooting down mm. a road. You know, they still actually are working. Yeah. Whereas for us, all the stuff that, that the tourists like is like in a museum. Yeah. You know? And even yeah, the iconic black cab, the black taxi yeah. we have over here. Yeah, even they don't they're, they're right. dying. They've changed the design, changed the design yep. of those. The point is, when you ride from JFK Airport into Manhattan... Um, in a taxi 
probably a, a yellow cab mm-hmm. when you arrive in New York. It looks like New, the New York you've been watching in movies yes. and TV shows since you were a kid. The yellow taxis, the yeah. fire engines, like you say, the cops. You think, wow, this is amazing. I'm in a film set. I'm not sure American tourists who drive into London from Heathrow are seeing the London that they've kind of had, the fantasy of London they've had in in their mind. No, all they get is Brentford and the Hammersmith flyover. Well, the, the, yeah, for the fact me, as someone who grew up in Brentford, there's nothing <laughs> you can do to sort of sell that place. No, it's tough. But the, <laughs> the fantasy, the and that's what I like it over here this time of year as well. The fantasy the Americans have about London is Jack the Ripper. They see sort of like smog streets and cobbled streets and things like that, don't yeah. they? They don't see modern London, thankfully. No, no, they don't. It's, well, you know, I think they drive into the centre of London and it could be any kind of big yes, international yeah. city with a lot of glass skyscrapers and stuff like that. And, and you know, going back to the police thing, it's all tied into the same problem. We've lost a little bit of identity because they've sold everything off, everything's up for grabs. Mm. So the brand that people might know and love about London town or mm. anywhere else has kind of disappeared and dissipated. Mm. And for that reason... I think they're going to struggle to sell anything beyond that iconic old funny-shaped helmet. Yes, yeah. no, you're absolutely right. Steve's tweeted in and said, uh, will it come with a free stab vest? Uh, which I suppose <laughs> yeah. is quite iconic as a, as a question. Yeah. But there we are. Listen, Sam, great stuff. Thank you very Thanks, much indeed. Sam, Sam Delaney, uh, man who ri- wrote the book Get Smashed, the story of the men who made the adverts that changed our lives. Uh, talking about the image makers at the Metropolitan Police, who I think have probably got this one slightly wrong. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.